The message that I have for this morning is how to please God. <laughs> and we would think, okay, that's a pretty big uh, topic. How am I going to make God, and, I, and we do, I, hate, I do not like to use the word happy, because sometimes we say we, we have please and happy as the same thing. And really the word uh, please is uh, not necessarily happy. It is uh, the words, the synonym, synonyms that go with it are satisfy, gratify, delight, thrill, give pleasure to. So whenever we are looking at how to please God, it's in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. So whenever we think of pleasing God and having faith, you know, we have to be in a process. It's a proactive thing. It isn't like, okay, uh, I am thankful to God. But the more I believe, the more that I am able to open my life to be receptive of what God wants to do, the more it pleases God. Now, it, it would, some, I, I think, you know, um, perhaps in our understanding, if somebody's always asking us for something, we get a little tired of it, you know? <laughs> you know, why don't you get out and do it on your own? Well, God is telling us, I, I'm not getting tired of you asking, and really, I know you can't do it on your own. So therefore, our faith is, is declaring to us that, God, I can't do this on, your own, on my own. I need your help. And in so, in, in so realizing, I am pleasing God. Because God is working then through my life. It's, 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 kind of, it's the opposite of how we would do it naturally. Because naturally, you know, we get tired. Well, why don't you do this on your own? You know, why don't you, why don't you get a life? <laughs> why, don't you go out and get a, why don't you get a job? <laughs> why, don't you keep, why, why don't you go do this on your own? I'm tired. Well, God isn't, God isn't like that. God isn't uh, trying to get us to do it on our own. He's trying to get us to allow ourselves to permit the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, to help us do the work that he wants us to do. So if God wanted us to do only what we were capable of doing, then we wouldn't need God. But God is wanting us to do something that we are, that's greater than ourselves, that's greater than what we uh, can do with our own talents and with our own abilities. He's wanting us to be dependent upon him. And so he's telling us that if we are going to delight, if God is going to delight in us, he is going to bring enjoyment, pleasure, gladness. God takes pleasure in blessing you. <laughs> okay? And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith... It is impossible to allow God to have his, the pleasure of blessing you. you. Want to think about that for a moment? <laughs> that it is, imp it, without uh, faith, it is impossible for God to take pleasure in blessing you. So I must believe that God takes pleasure in blessing us. Now, blessing us, now, Again, there we go. Uh, well, what does he mean by that? Uh, uh, what, what, what is the blessing of God? Well, when Daniel is in the lion's den, the blessing is the lion's den eat him. <laughs> uh, whenever, um, what is three Hebrew children thrown in three teen teenagers, you know, the three Hebrew teenagers that wouldn't bow down to um, um, Nebuchadnezzar, you know, 
What did they do? They made their declaration, be it unknown unto you, Nebuchadnezzar, that um, uh, God is well able to deliver us from this fiery furnace or from you, but if not, you know, he's well able to do it, but if he doesn't, it's okay. God takes pleasure in us believing in him because God is showing forth he is living through our life. So when you come, we come to difficulties you know, it isn't because, uh, well, uh, we're supposed to handle these all on our own. We're to ask God for help, but we still have to participate, you know. You still have to study, <laughs> you know. Uh, I always, well, I'm, sometimes I say the same stories over and over again. Maybe it's because, I don't know, I'm not going to say that. But uh, <laughs> they're, they're, I remember the, the, you know, different people have spoken to me about, oh, well, you need to pray about this, you need to pray about this. And one individual was taking an exam, and this was an adult individual. She, she was in her at least 20s, maybe early 30s. And she was taking an exam, and she wanted me to pray for her. And I said, yeah, we'll pray with her. And then the next week, I asked her how she did. And she said, you didn't pray, did you? It's like, what? what do you mean? She says, I failed the test. It was my fault. <laughs> it wasn't her fault, you know. I didn't ask her, how long did you study? I didn't ask her that question. She just assumed, maybe she assumed that because she was a Christian and God was going to help her, she didn't need to study. But later on, they, she took the test and eventually passed it. So, But we find that, you know, even very well-educated people taking the bar exam for, for being an attorney. I mean, there's always exams that we're going to be taking, <laughs> Uh, the entrance exam to college, the, entra- the, you know, the exiting <laughs> exam for uh, grades and going from 10th to 12th or whatever, that we always are going to be facing tests. We're always going to be in a place where we are called upon to grasp where we are at and move on. Um, <laughs> it's... <laughs> uh, in the one movie we watched, uh, Heaven's Miracle... It was about a young girl that had, um, um, I don't know what kind of, oh, a stomach, intestinal problem where her food was not digesting and she was basically going to die. And uh, they showed the scene where uh, she was in church and uh, the, uh, someone in church uh, came up and said, well, you know, there must be sin in your life or in your little girl's life because we prayed and they're not well. And so she's talking this over with the pastor, and the pastor says, um, you know, we don't do an IQ, we do not do a spiritual IQ test on people who come into the church. (laughs) And spiritual IQ is that some people have a really low understanding of God. They have a really low IQ test of God. And, um, and, And this is... You know, again, I, I run into so many different people, and one, one person says, well, you know, I just refer to them as big G and little J. <laughs> it's like, it's okay, you know. <laughs> hey, big G, you know, big God, you know, and little J is Jesus, you know, and, you know, it's like, and where do you go to church? <laughs> I go big G church, you know, little J church, and, and, and I, and I was like, this, this is not a kid. I mean, this is an adult who has numerous children, you know. So we're looking at this, and the spiritual IQ test is some people, some people don't want to know any more than what they already have. And
and they, it, because what they have is simple and it's, it's easy to grasp and the rest of it is just up for grabs. But it's impossible to please God without faith. And so pleasing God is our number one. What is our number one? What is it? I don't know if it's number one or not. You think pleasing God is our number one ambition? Is it to please him? Because pleasing him, God is taking pleasure in us. God is taking pleasure in you. Because you believe, because the scripture goes on, and we take, it's impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So the word that he, he rewards, that he, we must believe, <laughs> we must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. We have to believe that God exists. Now, um, lately, whenever you look, if you're out at night and it's really cold and you look up into the stars, the, the, the sky is really clear, crystal clear, and you see the stars, and the stars are light years, some thousands and millions of light years away, and the light year is the um, uh, light travels at three... 3,005. What's that? Yeah, 186,000 miles per second. Light travels at 186,000 miles per second, and those stars are light years away. Now, God is there, and God is here. God knows the name of those stars. Okay? He knows what's going on in those stars, and he knows our name, knows the hair of our head. He knows the sparrow that falls to the ground. Now, that's pretty impossible to believe. But the reason that we can believe it is that Jesus came. See, Jesus came, God became flesh and dwelt among us. So the reality of all of this, the reality of knowing that God created this place and that God created us and breathed into us the breath of life is that Jesus came. Jesus, the Word, became flesh and dwelt among us and he is the revelation of God, the Word made flesh. And so whenever we are Faith, our faith is believing that God lives. I don't want to say he lives. He exists to bless us. Now, if you had a, say you had a grandfather or someone, you know, had billions of bucks and he just lived to give you money. <laughs> he just lives to give you whatever you want. You want to travel? Boom, it's there. You, want to, you, you need this? Boom, it's there. You want to college education? Boom, it's there. You need a new car? No problem. Boom, it's there. You know, whatever you want, you got this God, grandfather who takes pleasure and blessing you with everything you got, with everything you need. Now, God isn't like that, okay? God is not the uh, great grandfather in the sky with so much that he doesn't know what to do with and he dumps it on you, okay? That's not the image that we're looking at. But the image that we're seeing is that God takes pleasure in blessing your faith. Your faith, it's impossible to please God without faith, and faith isn't something that we drum up. 
Okay, let's get excited about faith. Yes, let's, get, let's cheer on faith. Like cheering on the Steelers. Come on now, you can do this. <laughs> Make that touchdown, throw that pass, catch it, run that ball, score, beat those other guys up. Yes, God, give me faith. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. But you see, faith is a gift. Faith is a gift. Faith is a gift given to us and we have to believe God gave it to us to believe in him. God has given you a gift and the gift is belief. Now, some people take that gift of belief and they say, I don't believe in God. They take that gift of belief and they say, I'm only going to believe in me and what I can see, what I can do, and what I can get out of life. They have faith. They have faith in themselves. They have faith in the government. They have faith in their society. They have faith in their drugs, their alcohol, their addiction. They have faith in their addiction. They believe that that's the only way that they can find peace in life is through being so stoned that they can't think about life. That's their belief. And they will do everything they can to feed their belief, even if they rob and kill and steal and destroy. <laughs> they believe that. They earnestly believe that. So they've taken their measure of faith and they've used it for destructive behavior. You can use your belief. How many, how many you don't have to answer this, just a rhetorical question. How many of you ever said, I don't believe that? In yourself, I don't believe I can do that. I don't believe that somebody loves me. I don't believe that they really care for me. I don't believe, what are we doing? We're taking belief and we're saying, I don't. Well, why would we say we don't believe unless belief was presented, okay? Belief was presented and we are saying, nope, I don't believe that. You see, God is saying, here I am, I created this place, I created a place for you, I created, I brought to you the breath of life, I have given you life. And we say, yes, God, I believe that you love me. Okay? God comes to every person and says, here I am, and, when, and people will say, I don't believe in God. Why would you say you don't believe unless you were confronted with believing? Because if you didn't believe, we wouldn't, we wouldn't even think about it. You know, I, what's the, I don't even need to think about believing or not believing because it doesn't exist. So you see, people have belief, but they use it in, they use it in a wrong, wrong behavior. I don't believe that I can pass. I don't believe that I can do better. I don't believe that this is a, a good thing. Or I don't, so we use the negative aspect of the power of belief to destroy ourselves. I don't believe I can do that. I don't believe I'll ever amount to anything. I don't believe that things will go right for my life. You see what we've done with our belief? And God is telling us, without faith it is impossible to please God. I must believe that God's intent, and because God's word, is his intention is that we spend an eternity with him. So we wa he wants us to believe that God, we, we, God's, God takes pleasure 
in you and I believing that he loves us. Now, <laughs> my mom, you know, it was a parent. We, were, we tell our children, grandchildren, we love them, right? Can you imagine your child saying, I don't believe you. <laughs> I love you, David. I don't believe you. I don't believe you. Why? Why would they say such a thing? Well, something has happened in their thinking or in their processing that took what we gave them and they said, nope, that's not for me. Well, <laughs> I mean, you remember the days <laughs> whenever you tell your, your, you know, we're old now, okay, old. You know, kids are grown, you know. You remember whenever we tell people no, don't, you can't go there, can't do that. Well, I don't love you. <laughs> what did that do to you? Well, I want you to love me, so go ahead. <laughs> so sometimes we do that, we try to manipulate God that way. You know, well, God, you don't do this for me. I don't love you. And God is saying, well, let me take this away and take this away. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, he doesn't do that, but... He is, his grace and his mercy are so prevalent to us in all that we have and all that we do. He doesn't reward us. He doesn't reward or... Um, sin has its own rewards. The wages of sin. Sin has its own way of paying us back. Okay? You do something wrong, you, you know, you get caught up in drugs, alcohol, whatever addictive things there are out there, you get caught up in them, they have, their own re- they have their own wages that will be very destructive to, to your life and to the life of the people around you and to the, those that you hurt, you know, going to those places in, uh, in, you know, for, for your missions trip. You find people who have been hurt by the wages of sin. And we're trying to say you can let go of the wages of sin and God will pay the price to redeem you, buy you back, and that he, will, that he will insert his word by the Holy Spirit and give you a new life and a new hope and a new, a new destiny, a new, a new future. So God takes pleasure in blessing your life. But, <laughs> will we allow him? You know? Will we allow God to bless our life? Now, we can set, up a, we can set a list of blessings that we want from God. <laughs> God, I want you to do this. But God, you know, his thoughts are greater than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. You cannot imagine how God is going to do the blessing that he wants to provide for you. We think, okay, God's going to bless my life, so what do we do? We start thinking of how, this, if I were God, this is what I'd do for me. <laughs> if I were God, this is how I would want blessed. And God is saying, uh, you're not me. <laughs> you see, so without faith, it is impossible to please God. So without faith, without this belief, without the word, you see, we take the word of God. See, coming to church... <laughs> You're changing your destiny. 
You're changing your life. You're, no, I don't want to say you're changing your destiny. You're ensuring, you're preparing, you are helping yourself arrive at the destiny God has for you. You're not going to get there without yourself and God. So God is working in your life. So God is taking his word and the word that we're speaking and singing and praying. And God is taking that word and it continues to build in your life. And you are building the structure of your faith. So being in church and hearing the word and praying, it's part of the structure of who you are. And that's the foundation and that's the structure that is going to stand in the difficult times and be willing and able to process the blessing that comes to you. It's like a manufacturing building. They bring in the raw materials and out comes the product at the end. It's not magic in there. There's people working in there. There's machines working in there, taking the raw material, putting it all together and bringing out something at the other end. In our life, we have life coming in from all different sources and it's coming into this place called you, into your mind and into your heart and all these difficulties and, and the pains and the, the, the floods and the, and the murders and the anger and the people resentful and the people who are loving, it brings it all in here. What happens? In the structure of who you are, built upon the word, built by Jesus Christ, the living word, it comes in and it's processed and it comes out. It comes out. What comes out? What we heard, what we saw, or what God is saying? What does God say about this sin? Mercy reigns. God, be merciful to those people. God, help those who are hurting. Be a comfort to those who mourn. God, for those who hurt people, I pray, Lord, that your mercy touch their hearts and lives and rip out the hatred that's inside of them. There's a story of uh, two mothers that met in heaven. And one mother, her son was very destructive in his life. And she was talking it over with another mother. And I don't know if I have the story correct, but you can pick up the, the uh, understanding of it. And the one mother was talking to the other and saying, I, I want you to pray for me and, and pray for what happened in my son's life. And, uh, and the, the lady, as it were, prayed for her and forgave her. And uh, then the mother who was asking for forgiveness, well, who is your son? <laughs> well, my son was Judas. Who is your son? My son was Jesus. <laughs> so if Mary can forgive the mother of Judas, we're looking at how that in our life, God takes pleasure. He takes pleasure in forgiving us. He takes pleasure 
in allowing that we allow his word to grow and to build this structure of faith. Like a, and, and, and it isn't automatic. We don't run on autopilot. We run on God's presence, on the Holy Spirit, so that we can we take in all of these things, but you know, some things you just have to t- let go of. You see, if there are people in your life that are not benefiting you, you know, if they're constantly pouring in negativity and, and despair and no good and gossip and everything, you know what? We need to let them go. <laughs> we need to let them go because that's not what you're about. You're about forgiveness and grace and mercy. And if, you're, if we're the smartest person in our group, we need to get another group. <laughs> we need to have more people in there because you don't want to be this smart because how are we going to be elevated? We need to find people that are great in faith and, and, how, you know, and sharing their faith and sharing, their, sharing what they feel God wants to do in their life. Because God is interested in doing more than what, we've, what we have. Where we are at is not where we end. This isn't, your life isn't over. If it were over, we'd be in heaven and everything. We'd be looking back and say, boy, that was good. Remember that sermon? <laughs> looks good from here. So when we get to heaven, it's going to look back and say, it looks good from here. And you're not in heaven. I know it's wonderful to hear me preach and be in God's presence. <laughs> That's, you can laugh. Okay, but it's, <laughs> but it's you know, it, I'm allowed to make jokes, you know. I like to make jokes, you know. He is God. He can use the things we would expect him to use or he can make things happen another way. He can make water come out of a rock. He can make water come out of a well. He can, he can tell Peter to go fish and get a, catch the fish and take the coin out of its mouth and pay the taxes. He can take five loaves and two fish and feed 5,000 men plus women and children. There are no limits with God. So we need to take the limits off of what God is going to do in our life because God says he's going to bless you. God says that he's going to multiply the seed that you have sown. Now this is just a natural part of harvest. Well, I know in the spring we're going to plant corn, we're going to plant oats. You put one kernel of corn in the ground and you get sometimes two full ears of corn from each stalk. It's a natural process. God is going to bless you. Now, his blessing is not going to fit into your little scheme of how it's going to happen because that's how you would make it happen. And God is telling us he's not going to do it your way. He's going to do it his way. So my faith is in how God is going to take what is impossible with me and he is going to take pleasure. God is going to take pleasure in blessing your life. Okay? So here you are. We take all of life in. Some things we need to shut out. (laughs) You need to push those things aside. 
but we're going to take life in. It's going to come in here just like raw materials going into a factory. And when the raw materials come in, the raw things of life we're faced with, they come in, and what's going to happen is the Spirit of God and your spirit, God's will and your will, God's word and his thinking, your words and your thinking, God is going to bring those all together. And what's going to happen? (laughs) What's going to happen? God is going to give you new thoughts. He's going to use your words to heal, to restore, to help, to bless. And God is going to bring blessing into our life, not so we can build bigger barns, but so that we can be a greater resource to the kingdom of God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. God rewards those who earnestly seek him. God rewards us. Everybody say rewards. Rewards. (laughs) He rewards those who seek him. So without faith, without the ability, without believing, let me say that. Faith is, I believe that he exists. And I believe he exists because of what he's told me. I am not conjuring it up. I am not making it up. I am not... Working it up, I'm simply allowing what he has said to touch my life, build the framework of who I am as a believer, and from that framework, speak the truth of God's love and mercy, forgiveness and grace and blessing, and God will reward me in my life. And this life and in the life to come. Amen? Let's stand. Well, I got through the first page. (laughs) That's okay. I knew it was going to be different. I was thinking, I was thinking of a couple things. And sometimes, uh, the song um, that we were singing with about um, lifting up our eyes, Lord, I want to see Jesus. I remember singing that in school, and we used to have this uh, guy. He was uh, we we would drive little van to go get the, the food for lunch at school, you know, for the student body. And he would always sing this song as we're going down the road and uh, reminded me of that. And also, um, it, and also there were times in, in school where, you know, before every class you would open in prayer and sometimes they would sing songs and whatever. But... In the, three, in the years that I was there, it happened two or three times, that the whole school would just close down. <laughs> and everybody would be in the church or in the chapel. And there would be this presence of God and 
move of God that all the classes were canceled and, you know, and the services, people would come and there was no one, no one had to preach. It was just this wonderful, beautiful presence of God. The people were there all day, all night, there the next day, just people coming in and out and of, of the presence of God in, in the school. And God's move upon our life sometimes doesn't cancel out everything else. It comes right into a moment of time in which he does a work in our heart. And when he does that work in our heart, it changes everything. And that's why we continue to hear the word and praise the word and sing the word that the Holy Spirit makes a difference in our heart. And then you, by the Holy Spirit, make a difference in other people's lives. That's how God is touching the world, through you. God, we thank you that our faith is a way in which you delight to bring blessings to us and to others. Thank you, God, that you have chosen this vessel, each of us, each of our vessels that you can fill with your Holy Spirit and that like the cruise of oil, as we keep pouring it out, it never runs dry. Help us, Lord, to pour out the oil of your Holy Spirit of love, forgiveness, grace, mercy, that it never run dry in our life. And the people that are around us get anointed with the oil of your word from our lives. Amen? God bless you.